life is short. And creating opportunities and experiences, whether it's in this metaverse or the actual metaverse, is something that we have to focus on. The world of sports is diving deep into that, but one of the things is esports. What is esports? Why is it catching up faster or slower? And why hasn't NFT fully been integrated? We're going to answer these questions and more. This is the Minor Leagues. Heyo. Hello, everyone. I'm Matt Ryan. And for some reason, I am your host here on the Minor Leagues, joined every single episode by my friend and yours, Nathan Simone. Nathan, you went to an actual baseball game last week. I went to a non-digital sports game, Matt. Now, some people may not know this, but I'm a little bit of a poker player. Uh, I don't have a lot of winnings to my name. Uh, I've played both in real life and digitally, but I almost always play digitally uh, on Xbox or on other places. And when you're playing a real poker game versus a digital poker game, it's very different. There are people at the table, there are people trying to psych you out, things like that. Where I'm going with this, Matt, is that I have also played other sports games digitally. And it has been so long since I went to a real life sporting event that I kind of forgot what that was like. I went to a Rockies game. I went to a Rockies game last Friday. They were versing the Padres. I got these very cheap rooftop tickets that came with a, a, a $6 food credit, which I got a Sprite and a hot dog with. And I have to say that it was- Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I, as someone who had pay, who's paid, I paid, 30, I paid $25 yesterday for chicken wa- and waffles and a soda at City Field. I am probably paying $25 tonight for General Sosh <laughs> chicken buckets at City Field. Well, actually, no. Thanks to the Mets are actually taking care of me tonight. But six bucks got you a hot dog and a soda at a ballpark. Sorry. <clears throat> there was a $6 food credit. So the hot dog and the soda was $12. Okay. I was a $6 food credit. I only paid $6. I was going to say... I was going to get mad. That $6 was included as part of the $20 ticket price that I paid to enter the game. So I I figured out the system right quick. Coors Field, beautiful stadium. I've got to say that. It's a beautiful field, especially before the sun sets. You can see the mountains. It's a relatively new stadium. I believe it's it was only built in the early 90s. It was yeah, it's um, I think it's about to hit uh if not 30 years old close to that cuz the Rockies came in in 1993 and I think they played their first year at Mile High, but they've been playing at Coors Field almost since their inception. Yeah, and it's a great stadium down there in Lodo, which is lower downtown. Um you know, I walked there from my apartment, which is many, many miles away, just for exercise. And I always enjoy walking through the city. But the Rockies won. Uh, I know that you've been, you were telling me before I went, you said, you know, don't expect much. Rockies don't have that great of a team this year, but they won. Um, I'd like to think because I was there. And I actually got to see the winning play where a guy stole, uh, I want to say he stole from second to home. It was crazy. I was, Watching the game, I was very into it. Uh, I still remember the rules of baseball from when I was a kid, um, but just the environment was crazy. I also spilled a whole bunch of mustard on one of my favorite shirts that has still not come out, but I'm going to figure out a way to do it. That's just kind of the price of admission. 
My point where I'm going with this, all this, Matt, is that it was a real life experience that somehow I think doesn't compare to some of the digital experiences that people are trying to create. And that's not to throw shade on some of these digital experiences. It's just that I think that there are some things that are done better in meat space versus in cyberspace. And I don't know if I would have enjoyed this Rockies game as much if I didn't actually go to the actual stadium, eat the actual hot dog, have to stand in line, see all the crazy people. The people watching is fantastic. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, <laughs> the people watching is fantastic. Uh, I also just forgot how attractive the women are when they wear baseball jerseys too. That was something I have not thought about and learning more and more about you every single week, Nathan, just, just these little breadcrumbs of information about you. 10 or 15 years. So, uh, you know, the beer flowed like wine, as they say, of course, named after Coors Field. I prefer the actual Coors Brewery in Golden because Golden is legit, but yeah. So the Rockies won and I'd like to think it was because of me. And that's kind of going to start our conversation here, Matt, because you go to baseball games all the time. You are a baseball aficionado. You have literally said, I have a crippling addiction to sports. Yes, very much so. <laughs> I, uh... But my understanding is you also play sports video games, which I don't really do. And when we talk about the rise of esports uh, from exchanges like FTX, where the CES Sam Bankman Freed, he's invested millions and millions of dollars in these esports leagues. I want to know your thoughts on, you know, esports is going to rise, just like everything digital is going to rise. But maybe a good comparison is like, yes, we can watch movies all the time, whenever we want to on Netflix, Hulu, all these services. But for one of your favorite movies, you just can't beat going to a well-maintained, amazing theater sometimes. How do you think about this with real sports? versus esports. Well, I think when it comes to real sports and esports it, it's about the cultural connection. My connection is with real sport, you know, not I'm not with physical traditional sports. I, I won't denigrate esports as as an idea or a concept, but esports is something that was born out of the tail end of my generation if not the generation after and it's built on games that I'm not necessarily a huge player of. Like, I used to play Counter-Strike like a madman in the early 2000s. So much so that I would play it until like 2 o'clock in the morning listening to old episodes of Opie and Anthony and getting lit up in that game because I was just terrible at it. <laughs> but, you know, the the rise of Fortnite, uh, I've actually commentated an esports tournament once. Um, there was a huge, there was almost a riot because someone won with a switch, which was a whole Whoa. to do. Yeah. We'll have to talk about that later. <laughs> I'm going to put a pin in that. Didn't know that. <laughs> Keep going. But when, when you talk about, it's all about, and we talk about this with NFTs and, and crypto, your cultural and parasocial relationship to that thing. Like I am a New York Mets fan. First baseball game I ever went to was a Met game. First autograph I ever got was from a New York Met. It was from Bernard Gilkey, who, if you don't know anything about the New York Mets, he's the guy at the end of Men in Black who misses the foul ball because of the spaceship flying over Shea Stadium. <laughs> okay. And I just found out today when we're recording this, we're recording this on Wednesday the 28th, 
the 14th anniversary of the last game to ever be played at Shea Stadium is today. And that made me feel so old, Nathan. It made me feel so old because now almost half of my life has been spent going to games at City Field and not Shea Stadium. And I don't know how to reconcile that that was 14 years ago. And that kind of brings me back to my esports point. You see this evolution of athlete, and we're seeing it with regular athletes too. There are players in the esports and a traditional athletic world who are wunderkinds at 14, 15, 16. There are kids playing on some of the most prominent pitches in European football who not only can't rent a car yet, but can't drink yet. And... <laughs> Like that, that evolution moving so fast or just the incubation process moving so fast really makes me think esports in this country is a multi, it's sold out Madison Square Garden. Esports tournaments sold out the hallowed grounds of sports in North America, especially when it comes to combat sports. And I have been inside Madison Square Garden for New York Knick games, New York Ranger games. I've been inside of it for heavyweight title fights, both in the UFC and in boxing. And to know that it was rocking as much for a first-person shooter tournament uh, is weird to me. I won't dismiss it outright, but it is kind of like explaining to an 18th century fan of the literary arts what a television is, trying to explain a soap opera or reality television to someone who grew up in the 19th century. Yeah. I mean, is it any weirder? Is it any weirder to think that a digital currency dropped by an anonymous individual or a group of individuals, even at its depressed market price, is still $19,500 per coin? So I'm not surprised when I think about these things. However, it is one, we, I'd like to know your story on commentating the esports tournament. But then two, you're so right when it comes to, you've got these wonderkins. And I think a derogatory thing that some people say is, you could be the best at this esports league and not even know how to play the real sport, to which, I mean, gosh, that could be true of anything, right? I could be the best stock trader in the world and not know how to make a Caesar salad. What's your point? I'm good at what I'm good at. <laughs> but I think it's, it's interesting um, because you see all this development in the eSports League. Like I said, FTX is the most prominent example and not to chill or talk about FTX here. It's just that Sam Bankman-Fried He's a very charismatic CEO. He's also a year younger than me, I believe. So he's approximately our age. Ugh. He's into all this sports stuff. He's a billionaire. He's known for wearing like these esports jerseys. He's got the gamer chair and all that sort of stuff like that. And he's invested in a lot of esports stuff. However, I know that you keep saying that it's like it's booming, Matt. And I think it definitely is booming over time when we look at the long term trend. But apparently, if you look at stuff from last year and this year, it just doesn't have the adoption and it doesn't have the viewership that, quote unquote, traditional analog sports have. 
And there's something there to me to where, I don't know, maybe there is somebody in the esports world. Maybe there is like a LeBron James of the esports world. But the point is, it's such a niche. It's still such a niche, even if it may be a million dollar niche. I don't know who that is to where we've talked about this on the show where I didn't know who Mike Trout was, right? He was apparently like <laughs> one of like the greatest players in baseball. I'm sure very famous. Uh, but I do know who Tom Brady is. I do know who LeBron James is. I do know these figures that have crossed through the culture from traditional or analog sports. I wonder if this is a generational thing, if, if like Gen Z is going to be much more about esports than traditional sports, or if I'm just totally out of the loop here in the same way that other people are out of the loop on Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies or even NFTs. I don't know. So, what do you think? So I, I, I'm going to parse your statements. You're not out of the loop, but the... You said esports is a million dollar. It's a billion dollar business. Uh, look at the growth of Twitch as a platform, and it becoming so dominant in the market that it is a multi billion dollar company that Amazon has really put a lot of work, time, effort, and energy into. Uh, you look at you know the rise of these different esports leagues. There's also a lack of touch points for our generation. It's so accessible for kids nowadays. YouTube, Twitch, all like Let's Plays, and there's this fertile content economy that exists be in the world of video games, whether it's competitive esports or just these watch-alongs, like the Game Grumps, for instance. I'm 33, but I watch Game Grumps because it's funny, and I like watching them play video games. And it's the, the personalities more than anything. Ninja has made millions upon millions upon millions, you know, switching between uh, Twitch and then another platform that was owned by Windows. That platform went belly up. He went back to Twitch, and I think he does some stuff on YouTube too. Uh, FaZe Clan is a huge esports team. The idea of esports teams are a novel, like I think last five, six years have been really growing in prominence. But these tournaments draw hundreds of thousands of eyes. They have a lot of sponsorship dollars, a lot of VC funding. Uh, you know, Call of Duty has their own, like there's uh, League of Legends. There's so many different games that have created these sustain these secondary economies based around esports. And I think there are games now more than ever that are built around creating a, an addicting game that has a feel for competition or can be built for competitions and built for these esports leagues. And the more and more, and also these other sports have, you know, some have as much as nearly 200 years of a head start. And the youngest sport in comparison to esports is mixed martial arts. And mixed martial arts is only 29. It's going to turn 29 in November. MMA as a sport is not even three decades old and within that time did a speed run from, and, and I have a bit of a bias here because I am friends with co-founders of the UFC. David Isaacs is a friend and mentor of mine uh, with the American Sevens Football League, but I'm also a huge fan of the sport. I watched the first ever UFC live in November of 1993 
sit I was four years old sitting on the floor of my uncle's friend John Connolly's apartment in Sunset Park, Brooklyn, watching the first UFC. So seeing that growth and seeing it go from a battle of the tough guys ostensibly to the multi-billion dollar, if not hundreds of millions of dollars a year in just UFC revenue to there being different leagues and different competitors, esports is speed running that much quicker, much faster because there's already a fertile marketplace and there are platforms in place to necessitate and build off that growth. It's going to turn into a too big to fail situation, I think, uh, because there's going to be so many things within the, the that community. And I think as it gets further and further into Web3 and within the metaverse, we're going to see more of it. And we're going to see it become a huge keystone of the Web3 economy. You make some excellent points there, Matt. And one of the excellent points that you made was that Esports is such a broad topic that, for example, you mentioned Call of Duty. I've been known to play a little bit of Call of Duty Warzone every once in a while. Uh, I'm okay at it, uh, but I'm also just not like I'm just not a huge gamer at the end of the day. I seem to have kind of aged out of it uh, for the most part. But that's a thing. That's a great thing you bring up where you could have first person shooter tournaments, you could have. Um, uh, people, you mentioned play-alongs, like people doing Minecraft competitions, like all these things broadly can get lumped into esports. even though <laughs> Call of Duty isn't a sport, it's just a replication of, of the war machine. So <laughs> it's, um, it's both versatile, super broad, and then you also mentioned that it's like you, all, you get hundreds and hundreds of thousands of views, sometimes millions, which you can certainly do with traditional sports, through internet broadcasting, things like that, but you don't get participation um, in them like you can in esports. If you have a console and you have a good internet connection and you have risen through the ranks, there's no reason why you can't be living in um, you know, Zimbabwe and play in an esports soccer competition as long as you're up at the time when it's doing that. You're gonna have to you're gonna have a much harder journey trying to um, play in a, a basketball tournament in the U.S. or, you know, FIFA, the actual World Cup uh, from there if you're not talented and, and haven't gotten through the natural athletic ability. I'm curious, though, Matt, you mentioned commentating an esports competition and that there was almost a riot. I would definitely like to hear a little bit more about the background of that. So it was about four years ago. It was at the Armory Uptown in Manhattan, uh, I got hired by a production company to do play-by-play -play commentary for a Fortnite tournament. First time I'd ever really engaged with Fortnite as a as a content uh, uh -huh. piece. And it was chaotic, to say the very least, because you're dealing with all these games going on concurrently. You're trying to keep track of everything that's going on, all these different players, all these different games, all these, you know, people trying to kill one another in the game to make it to the end. And it was chaotic. Um, it was rife with technical difficulties, but I got paid. Um, but the end of it saw a, a parent, uh, a young mother win the tournament 
and a controversy arose because she did not play it on a PC. She did not play it on a computer. She played it on a Nintendo Switch, which nearly caused an an incident because there were players there who the rules weren't clear or like Mm -hmm. we didn't know what the issue was, but there was a big issue, a lot of arguments, a lot of fights. Luckily, nothing really happened. Things were de-escalated. Everybody ended up walking out fine. Um, But that was the one, it was a one and done thing. They were going to do more, but it was a one and done sadly. But it's, it's a, it's a rabid energy because a lot of these players are young. A lot of these players are very, very focused. And when you put cash in front of anybody and it's a competition, you know, if you watch reality television or you just watch, you know, you just interact with people in the world, crazy stuff is going to happen. And as someone who's nearly started a few riots in my day, in my more younger <laughs> and more vulnerable days, uh, it was... It, it put me back into that, and I was like, oh, this is going to end bad. Interesting that she won it with a Nintendo Switch, because although I'm not up to date on my consoles right now, I know that this is a continuous thing that comes up in the gaming world, is that, especially in Call of Duty, because apparently the PC renders faster, and it's calibrated a little bit differently. So if somebody keeps killing you over and over again, you can go oh, it's not me. It's not because I'm a bad player. It's because I'm playing on console and they're playing on PC and there's like this fractional difference that gives them the advantage. Uh, Almost like being able to, uh, I don't know, take an additional breath during running or have like another second before somebody tackles you in football or something like that. It's just that little bit that gives you the edge. But Fortnite is an interesting one because I still, a lot of my younger cousins play Fortnite and I see the box of Fortnite and I see like, the colorful birds and these weird characters. And I just like, it makes me feel old immediately when somebody brings up used to be when somebody brought up Fortnite, I would think about old English terms and Abraham Lincoln and the great speeches (laughs) of the past centuries. And now it's just fully focused on this damn game. (laughs) And maybe I should play it. Maybe I should try it, but uh, it's, it's just one of those things where it's like my interest just cannot be held on it. And I'm going over this article that we're kind of basing this episode off of, Matt. And you're talking about, you know, when cash is involved in any sort of tournament and you have these rabid people, especially younger rabid people that are playing this stuff, things can get out of hand. And we have this article from Decrypt talking, it breaks down crypto and esports really well, which is where I'm kind of getting some of this, this information that we're talking about. And some of these community run tournaments, I'm thinking about one that uh, is here from a company called Immutable, um, where they do, they have a, a, a card game called Gods Unchained that now has NFTs. And they've got half a million dollar prize pool for playing this. So it's like, I can see how it gets fierce, Matt. There's other ones down here, down the line where they just say, yeah, there's smaller companies and they only have a $10,000 tournament where it's just like, oh, it's only $10,000. Yeah, only 10 grand. That's not like (laughs) an immense amount of student and credit card debt I can get rid of. Nah, 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 nah. 
it, it's it once again just goes back to what I what I thought at the at the beginning of the show where it's like people will be dismissive and they'll be like oh he's like the best esports footballer but he can't throw real football and to to that I'm just like yeah acknowledged what's your point if he's making money at it yeah, yeah I I don't, I don't I I work with football players like I have good friends who are football players and they they don't even do that like I don't get why people who sit in the grandstands and do nothing have the coldest of cold takes because someone's very good at Madden or FIFA but aren't physically coordinated to play. Do you know how physically coordinated you need to be to be a high-level football player, whether it's in European soccer or American football? And this is the thing. like, There are people in the comments of, of things I do who are like, ah, oh, they didn't, there's no one, they could do that there, but they can't do that in the NFL. You couldn't do either. You couldn't step in and do diddly jack squat in any situation. In the A7FL, we have this thing called the three-on-one. It's like a kick return, but it's three defenders, one returner, one of the defenders throws the ball off, and you have to stop the returner from getting into the end zone or just get a, get a tackle. It's like a kick or a punt return. You try stopping someone with open field and high-level athletic ability from scoring on you, one-on-one or three-on-one, you're going to get cooked, medium-rare, served with veggies and your choice of potato or rice. So please... Keep your dumbass feelings to yourself. I understand it's the internet. It is the dumb take repository. But please, 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 just shut up. I'm just glad that we have a choice of potatoes or rice. Oh, yeah, you know, That's, you got to have um, a starch, you know, you know, it's the daily vegetable, but the, the starch has to be a choice. You know, some people prefer rice to potatoes. <laughs> you mentioned too, Matt, that uh, you feel old because a real-life stadium, Shea Stadium, no longer exists and it was uh, demolished in order to make room for city field. This was another thing that I kind of wanted to talk about in relation to sports and esports, where everything in the digital world is like five times, 10 times, sometimes what happens in the, in the quote physical world or the real world. Sometimes it's a hundred times. It, it can be crazy. But I was thinking about this and, you know, in relation to crypto where a lot of crypto projects, you know, we've just seen the Ethereum merge happen and that was long awaited, but it was a quick change and it went over. There are lots of crypto projects that they change on a dime. And if you were involved in them like a year ago, they're no longer the same crypto project and maybe you don't like them. You don't, you know, you don't want to be involved with them, things like that. But I was doing some research on Yankee Stadium, um, which is what this show has done to me, Matt. I mean, I'm, I'm researching Yankee Stadium on Wikipedia. It's like, what, what's, what's happened to me, right? What, uh, <laughs> what, what am I really doing? Good. And I noticed that Yankee Stadium existed from sometime in the teens or the 20s yep. up until the early 2000s. And I know that they demolished it and now there's a new stadium. Mm-hmm. Right across the but street. But it made me think, yeah, but it, and, and there's a park apparently where the old Yankee Stadium used to be. Mm-hmm. So it's not like totally gone forever. But it made me think about how like you have these venerable institutions and their teams we've talked about how they almost have like a religious quality around them and to me the demolishing of yankee stadium 
was probably an arduous process that was many, many decades in the making that people fought against. They never wanted it to happen. You'll never demolish Yankee Stadium. But eventually it passed and it's no longer there. It would be the same thing with making improvements to Bitcoin, where it's like there have been improvements to Bitcoin. They do eventually get made, but they're super, super slow compared to other things. But I'm thinking now in the esports world, you know, if there's a famous digital stadium, right, because we have all this metaverse stuff coming on, is it going to be, is there going to be a Yankee stadium of the metaverse world where they're going to be like, look, we know the graphics don't render amazingly. We know that sometimes there's connectivity issues, but like you got to play at, and I, I'm blanking on what a, the stadium might name even might be, but will there be like demolishings and reintegrations of these stadiums? Or is that just a totally foregone conclusion because nobody cares about that? at all, because certainly there, there are spectators to esports. They're just spectators in a different way. I'm spitballing on that. But well, I think for the major that. tournaments, you need, you need a level playing field. So playing in the same location, same connection, I think that plays a huge part of it. Um, also, you know, it's the economics of it. Being able to sell tickets is still a key component of all live events or all types of events. So I think we're always going to have those physical locations for esports, and as we get more and more into the metaverse and things get more and more democratized, I think we're going to see those meta spaces pop up, mainly just for for other patrons. But I do believe that the draw of being where it happens, being having that emotional connection, because you said it before, being at a baseball game inside the ballpark is a completely different feeling than watching the game on television or watching it on your phone. It's a, it's akin, as we said, to a religious experience. You feel everything that's happening, and you're a part of the experience. You're a part of the game. I was at the Met game last night, and there were certain points where I was not myself. I was mm-hmm. a more of a raving lunatic than I usually am on these shows. But... <laughs> Next week on the show, uh, we'll we'll talk more about esports. I'd love to get into uh, microtransactions in games, and I think Kalichi eBay may be a great guest to talk about Madden because he and I both share a love of the video game Madden and talking about some of the microtransactions you have to have in games and how it could be pitched back into the NFTs. And we're seeing with games like Minecraft a re- a rejection of nft-based models but that'll be next week on the minor leagues but until then we took a swing we didn't miss nathan as always my friend thank you for being here uh we will be back next week with another edition of the minor leagues just keep swinging people hey yo